Before we begin today, I wanted to acknowledge the death of legendary Cardinals pitcher Bob Gibson. Gibson was the second great black pitcher after Satchel Paige, and if it weren't for Sandy Koufax, Gibson would likely be considered the best pitcher of the 60s. Gibson compiled 251 career wins, excuse me, with a 2.94 ERA, over 3,000 strikeouts, 9 All-Star appearances, 2 Cy Youngs, and 2 World Series championships. Rest in peace, Bob Gibson. Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. We've got a three-man panel today. First one joining me from five weeks ago, straight outside Boston in Littletown, as we like to call it, Jason Persali. And then a man who somehow, some way, ended up rooting for one, the Yankees, two, the Cowboys, and three, don't ask me how, the stinking Golden State Warriors, Mr. Riley Wall. Okay, before we get started, I know this isn't on the script, Riley, but please regale our audience as to how you ended up as a Yankees fan, a Cowboys fan, and a Warriors fan. Duh. That's the bandwagon holy trio right there. Liam, you can't forget the also Buffalo Sabres. Home oh. cooking Buffalo Sabres as well as my Syracuse Orange. Uh, when I was five, the Cowboys were always playing, and what can I say, America's team got me hooked. Okay, and the Yankees and Warriors? I'm from Rochester, Liam. The Yankees, natural, you know, 27 rings. Okay, and the okay, and the Warriors, and uh, the Warriors. Steph Curry, I should big Steph Curry fan. You know, when he okay. was first at Davidson, just really good shooter. I like to follow him, just watch him. But yeah, they're they're a great team, great management right there, Steve Kerr. Get a load of this nonsense, Jason. Did you say you follow the Yankees because of the twenty-seven rings? Oh no, that's just a benefit. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Yankees. My dad's a Yankees fan. I now I'm a Yankees fan. I kind of natural progression. But as you Sox fans, we do have twenty-seven rings. I gotta make sure you guys never forget that. Okay, on today's episode, the Ravens embarrass, the Twins embarrass even more, and Braves pitching embarrasses the quote-unquote nightmare offense. We begin today talking about the NBA Finals. Since the last episode, in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers erased the hope of another 3-1 Nuggets comeback, advancing to their first NBA Finals since 2010. And in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals, boy, that was a pain. The Heat, in large part thanks to another lackluster fourth quarter from the Celtics, advanced to their first final since 2014. Now to the actual series. In Wednesday's Game 1, behind 34 points from Anthony Davis, the Lakers cruised to a 114-96 victory. And in Game 2, the Heat played without the services of Bam Adebayo or Goran Dragic, and they could have used them, as the Lakers took control of the series with a 124-114 victory. Boys, I know this series doesn't carry a lot of intrigue for us, given none of our teams are in it, but overall takeaways from these two games? You know, it's been an interesting series so far. Um, Anthony Davis is probably playing the best basketball of his career right now, and that's definitely hard just to beat that. And especially with Bam and Gordon going down, the Heat did put up a good fight, and only losing by 10 is not too bad, but I think the Lakers, as everyone else is looking, are just too strong to beat right now. Yeah, uh, terrible injuries for the Heat really didn't help. Uh, already steep task of beating the Lakers. So... I mean, personally, I don't see any way the series lasts more than four or five games. You know, so one of the things that I've started to realize from this postseason, like with the Lakers, is just how good Anthony Davis is. And he's not, no disrespect to LeBron James, if he's not, Anthony Davis is not the Finals MVP, I will be going off on the show in the future. Because, just think about it, you take, you take a look at last year's Lakers team, you've got LeBron James, you've got arguably a better supporting cast, right? 
and you'd think that team should go to the finals if you can. I understand they're in the West, mind you, but if LeBron can drag that Cleveland Cavaliers team to the NBA Finals, then you figure they should at least make the playoffs. Injury aside, they were probably a first-round exit if LeBron doesn't get hurt last year. Then you bring in AD and take away Ingram, Lonzo, Josh Hart, three good players as they've proven this year in New Orleans. Oh, what are you what are you trying to say? I think Lonzo Ball is extremely overrated. I, I'm not denying he's overrated. He's a good player, though. I mean, off your point, Liam, though, I think we've always known Anthony Davis is good. From Kentucky, when he had the brow, to New Orleans, you didn't see him as much just because he didn't have one around him. Now you put Anthony Davis with LeBron, unbeatable. No, I'm just trying to say... Unbeatable? What? I'm just trying to say if Anthony Davis should be getting the credit if the Lakers win the NBA Finals, not LeBron James, this should... This shouldn't not in any, LeBron James. Yeah, this shouldn't in any way change. You don't think who it's is the LeBron's go. team? It's LeBron's team because it's LeBron. The offense still runs through LeBron James. Yeah, it but sets up Anthony Davis to at, score. By your argument, look at the Pelicans last year with Anthony Davis. He was hurt half the year. So was LeBron. Okay, and Anthony Davis was that team. You saw Anthony Davis carried the New Orleans Pelicans to a sweep of the three seed two years ago. With Boogie Cousins. Not with Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins was hurting that season in the playoffs. Look it up. Look it up right now. Boogie Cousins was hurt during that series with the Portland Trailblazers, Jason. I know. I believe you. I believe you. But Drew Holiday went off that series. And? And had one of the best defensive perform- best defensive playoff performances we've ever seen. At the same time, he's not Anthony Davis, though. He's not a 6'10 monster who can not only shoot threes, he can drive the ball very well well. Very well. Anthony Davis might be the next coming of Tim Duncan. Here's my question, though. The first round. Are you saying that who's better now? Is KD better or is Anthony Davis? I think KD is still your better. He can do everything. Rebound and shoot just like Anthony Davis. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You're leaving out the most important piece of the puzzle here. Kevin Durant, as unfortunate as it may be, is coming off of a torn Achilles. So we need to see Kevin Durant play before we determine who's better. That's a fair take. And because if a torn Achilles... You guys should know, torn Achilles... With the with a rare exception, players are never the same after injuries like that. Just look at Kobe. What do you mean? I don't think. Wait, after Kobe tore his Achilles, do you really think he was uh, the same player? Absolutely not. I think part of it had to do with age, but still. Yeah, but the yeah. Achilles was definitely the uh, final blow. Oh, absolutely. Well, if anything's been proven, it's that both LeBron and Jimmy are on missions. But let's move on to football. So one of the most anticipated matchups of the early season, Kansas City made Baltimore look like clowns. The Chiefs went into Baltimore and ran wild, leading by as many as 17 points in the first half in what turned out to be a 34-20 victory. After the game, Lamar Jackson called the Chiefs our kryptonite. Guys, we concerned about the Ravens going forward? I don't think the Ravens can beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, so I'd say in terms of winning a Super Bowl as um, contenders, yes, I'm concerned. How can you not be? I mean, Riley, you said it, the... Chiefs made the Ravens look like schoolyard boys compared to the Chiefs. And, you know, it would have been interesting. I had an argument prepared out for this, but given the recent news about Cam Newton, it starts to change now that he's been tested positive for COVID. But if Cam Newton was taking the field this weekend and he made made a close game, or dare I say it, beat the Chiefs. Dare I say it, beat the Chiefs. No, 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 I'm not saying that would have happened. I'm saying it could have happened. If it had happened, then the entire narrative on the Baltimore Ravens would have been changed 
drastically. There's no denying that. And you look at... Lamar Jackson played his worst game of the past two se- regular seasons, if you ask me, on Monday night. He was awful. And, you know, if Baltimore cannot beat Kansas City in the near future, then Lamar Jackson might be turning into the Yontis Antetokounmpo to Patrick Mahomes' LeBron. Because Antetokounmpo was awful in the playoffs this year. Awful. LeBron James... Historically good in the playoffs. That seems a little premature. Come on. Oh, really? We've seen one playoff performance through Lamar Jackson. What is it? Two. 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 We've seen several playoff performances by Giannis. He has had two home games, has lost them both. Okay, one, what was his fifth game in the NFL? No, he had started at least half the season, Jason. Half the season? Yes. He had led the Baltimore Ravens from the doldrums. He hadn't even played an entire season of football yet, and you're judging him off of that game? You know, no, 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 Jason. You know who didn't play a full season and led his team to the Super Bowl and won it? Tom Brady in his first year as a starter. Oh, yes, you're right. I completely agree, Liam. Lamar Jackson will not be the greatest football player of all time. Great take. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if... He keeps losing these big games like this at home, especially. The script will be rewritten so, completely. Fans, but still, still, I know I agree. I am very worried about Lamar Jackson. I think everyone was saying it last year. People will figure out the um, Ravens' offense, and who do they lose? The offensive lineman Yonda, I want to say, could be incorrect. Great, I thought he was very at least against the Patriots. Him pulling seemed unstoppable. He seemed to be clearing a hole almost every single play. So first, that's a big loss for them to begin with. And as a running team, there there is very much concern for teams that can start stop the run because then when you're relying on Lamar's arm, you have issues. And, yeah, I personally, I have never been sold on Lamar. You look at guys historically who are the run-first type quarterback and how long they last in the league, how they do in the league. You look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton was with Carolina. Then he fell off. You look at, go back a little bit, even Tim Tebow. Got injured. Tim Tebow's a running first quarterback. Where is he now? He's playing for (laughs) the New York Mets farm system. Tim Tebow. You know, guys. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Is Tim Tebow here? Is Tim Tebow here? Has Tim Tebow won more playoff games than Lamar Jackson? Yes. But what my point is, I'm not sold on the run first quarterback. Remember, Lamar Jackson went to the Ravens at, what, the 30th or 31st pick in the draft? 32nd. 32nd pick for a reason. He just he's had some good seasons. I just he needs to prove himself still. I know you can say last year he kinda of proved himself. You gotta do it it can't just be one season and guys just like Cam Newton could do it in one season and then yeah. does he have a ring to show it or did the Denver Broncos take the him down? The run first aspect of that is what I think is most important. A quarterback who looks first to run, especially like Lamar Jackson, and then throw obviously has concerns. You know, one guy you forgot to mention is Michael Vick. Michael Vick. That's true. He did it for a long time. Has some issues off the field. I mean, regardless of the issues off the field, he was falling off quickly. Yeah. So we look at a guy like, here's my question, look at a guy like Kyler Murray. Can he last in the league? He's a run-first quarterback. Is he a run-first quarterback? He's an elite running quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is an elite running quarterback. Deshaun Watson is an elite running quarterback. Uh, Just because there's a difference between being run-first and elite running. I still think Kyler Murray's run-first. Last season, at least, he was a run-first quarterback. Last season, at least, he hasn't been been this year. Do you think the addition of D-Hop transitions him into... A pass first with the legs to Oh absolutely. I mean you add when you add a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, if a number one pick can't start getting in the ball, then 
bench him immediately. The turnovers right now are the big concern with Kyler Murray, I'd say. Which is what happened we saw last week. And that's, But with that being said, second-year quarterback, turnovers aren't the end of the world. Yeah. Exhibit A, Baker Mayfield. Regardless, we may have been, we may have a clear answer after Sunday's Pats-Chiefs game. Not that it's happening on Sunday now. This weekend's game. So avoid that. But elsewhere in the NFL, Sunday may have seen the most overdue benching in the NFL. Currently, Mitchell Trubisky benched in favor of Nick Foles. And I mean, come on. It took long enough. Foles entered the game for the Bears in the middle of the third quarter when its Bears were down 26-10. However, the Bears were playing the Atlanta Falcons. Foles didn't lead a touchdown drive until there were six minutes left in the fourth quarter, but once he was rolling as he led two more quick drives to lead Chicago to a stunning 30-26 win to improve them to 3-0. Boys, what this game more about? <laughs> the Bears benching Trubisky or the Falcons blowing it again? Uh, it's obviously about the Bears benching Trubisky. I mean, it's long overdue. You've been wondering if it was going to happen this whole time, and... And when Nick Foles stepped onto that field on Sunday, I mean, it was picturesque. I mean, he was, he may have had that early interception, but other than that, he was lights out. He's exactly what the Chicago Bears needed him to be. And now, they are 3-0. They're an undefeated football team. They're one of seven left. Pretenders. You, yeah. You're calling them pretenders right now with well, that defense? What's the alternative? Contenders? Do you think the Bears are contenders? I wouldn't call it pretenders. Contenders, excuse me, but I wouldn't call it pretenders either. I mean... When you're 3-0 in the National Football League, you're doing something right. The Bear, Let me read the Bears' schedule. They have beaten the Lions 27-23, oh, the, the Giants 17-13, and the oh. Falcons 30-26. That's our pretender. Have they beat a team with a win? Yes, they beat the Lions. They have a win. But regardless, you got to look at the overall picture. I think the Bears <laughs> are getting lucky. They have the Colts and the Bucks coming up. Maybe they get lucky to the Colts and Phillip Rivers. If they go through the Bucks, something's wrong. But uh, yeah, if they beat the Bucks, then that'll prove they're for real. Look at their schedule down the road. I see. I'm looking at teams right now. You got Vikings. Oh, three. Struggling. But all right, we'll look at Packers, the, the Texans, Vikings. the Texans, who are right now, I think, the most underrated team in the NFL. Yes, they're zero. <laughs> they're zero three. But look who the Texans have lost to. The three best teams in the AFC. You're oh, you're calling the Steelers a top three team in the AFC? I would say they're in the conversation. I would say them and the Bills in the conversation. And do not say the New England Patriots are the conversation for the top team in the NFL. We need to be realistic here. How is that not realistic? Top team? Yeah, that's not realistic. But not top yet. three in the AFC? Who? I'd say that's absolutely realistic. I think the Patriots are not conversation. I think the Patriots are not there yet. I think the Bills are. Well, if, if the Patriots be the Bills, sure, put them in there. No, no, no we're going to be the Bills. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about the Bills later. But getting back to the question, you know, the Bears, if they are able to beat Tampa Bay next Thursday... Watch out. I don't know. I think the story's more on the Falcons. When is ownership going to realize Dan Quinn can't hold the lead? That's two weeks in a row, and mine are my boys. You guys obviously know. You guys got a ring out of it with Dan Quinn. 20-3. Hey, I've got, I've got two pictures of it up there on my wall. Edelman's catch and uh, Brady right after the game. Where's the Bruins and the Cup? Uh, right next to Brady after the game. I meant last year against the Blues. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, can we get back on topic, please? <laughs> I just, the Falcons, that's two weeks in a row where they've lost to the Cowboys. Uh, as much as I love the Cowboys, that game really should not have been won by the Cowboys. That, that was awful. That onside kick was just just atrocious. So I, I think the, the storyline is the Falcons blowing two leads in a row, who are a decent team. Calvin really is having a, a great season, but they just they can't hold a lead right now, and that is, that is 
Just not good. That's not good luck, especially Dan Quinn. I think this is last season. He's got to prove it or he's out. That's my take. Are you worried at all about Matt Ryan? Does all the blame fall on Dan Quinn or the fact that apparently once Matt Ryan gets a lead, they stop scoring points? You think? I think it's their play calling. That's, I mean, you, you know, you know, you, you, you do bring up an interesting point, though, Jason. Matt Ryan has, other than his MVP season, been a fairly in, inconsistent quarterback. Yeah. He puts up big numbers, but I guess what you said, like, he's not in the top he's conversation. He's always got a lot of the passing yards. He's always up there. He just can't, can't lead his team. He has two of the best receivers in the NFL, arguably the best receiving duo in the NFL. He should be putting up good numbers, but he's not winning games. Well, whatever your guys' opinion may be, aren't you surprised the Falcons choked again, though? Well, one of the most talked-about games from last weekend was the epic between the Rams and Bills in Buffalo. Buffalo jumped out to a 28-3 first-half lead, but that score appeared cursed soon after as the Rams scored 29 unanswered points to take a 32-28 lead. However, Josh Allen had a chance to lead them down the field, but threw an incompletion on 4th and 9 with around 15 seconds left. However, and Jason's... Shaking his head right now. What we didn't mention is that a fairly controversial pass interference was called on that fourth and nine. And one play later, the Bills took it to the house. Guys, great game, undoubtedly, but questionable finish. Absolute, Did the Rams get hosed? Absolute bailout by the ref. No, no. See, I got I got two pass interference calls that the Rams got unlucky with. I'm going to go back to the years the Pats beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. That was awful. He ran right through the stage receiver. That should have passed interference. They got lucky there. It's just karma coming back. And then week one of the NFL, Michael Gallup down the sideline, Jalen Ramsey covering him, the most physical corner in the league, clearly, clearly no. passed interference. They no. called it on, on no. Michael Gallup. That was no. an awful call. They called, so what I'm they called is, offensive PI on Michael Gallup What I'm for saying is, regardless, regardless, <laughs> regardless, what I'm saying is karma catches up with you, and the Rams can't keep getting lucky. Yes, it was a rough call. End of story. Karma ca- caught up with the Rams. Bills won. One of the top teams in the AFC. You, you mentioned the Super Bowl. What are you talking about from that Super Bowl? No, no, no. The um, NFC Championship game. You said the Super Bowl, I'm but... I'm sorry. The year that the Patriots won. NFC Championship game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Robbie Coleman went right through. Oh, absolutely. But when you're talking about the Cowboys game, man, stop talking about the damn Cowboys. Sorry, Mom. I used that word. I didn't mean to. The Cowboys stink. That was terrible. And, okay, we're going to talk about the Cowboys later. But that was an absolutely terrible... Terrible. Terrible. Not call against the Rams. I'm, I, I'm losing my words here because I just used the potty word. Okay, so here's my question. Should the NFL bring back the ability to challenge past their Absolutely players? not. So you think that the call should stay on the field, that like a, a no call like that should just stand? Which one? When, when the, they didn't, so. The they, one in the Rams-Saints game? No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying the Bills-Rams game. Should the Bills, I know it's under two minutes, but the Bills could have it. In a normal game, could they have an opportunity to challenge it? Like, should the NFL... No, 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 the call, no, 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 the call was against the Rams. It oh, was I'm for sorry, the that's Bills. right, that's right. Well, the Rams could have challenged it to get it reversed. No, they wouldn't have. They were under two minutes. And, mind you, the Los Angeles Rams have... Did not commit defensive pass interference on Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup committed pass interference Jaylen on Ramsey Jalen Ramsey. Physical core of the league. Okay, it, and it's what he's good at. It is what he's good at. Yeah, what is your point with Jalen Ramsey being physical? He drew the contact on Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup's trying to, like, just keep going on the field. That, that, that should have been a no-call. I don't think it's defensive or offense. I think it's a no-call physical play they let go. Well, he wouldn't have, Gallup wouldn't have made the catch anyway. Gallup caught it. 
still, if he wasn't interfering with them, he wouldn't have made the catch anyway. No way. Alright. Okay. You know what? Whatever. Let's move on. Like I said... I know we're not changing your opinion, Wiley. <laughs> the irony here is that pass interference to the Rams quite keep catching up with them. But let's talk about my Cowboys, finally. After one of the most embarrassing kick handlings all time by Tony Pollard, and I, that still hurts to watch him drop that ball in the end zone, it looked the Seahawks were ready to take the game away. However, thanks to DK Metcalf's cockiness, the Cowboys made it a game and even had a 31-34th quarter lead, only to see it wiped away by a go-ahead touchdown pass from Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf. <laughs> Cowboys did have time to try to take the lead, but an end zone interception ultimately sealed my boys' fate. However, what do you think? Do they play better than you expect them to? And what are your ex expectations for the Cowboys going forward? Let's hear it, Jason. I think the Seahawks just love playing in extremely tight games. I, For some reason... Every time the Seahawks play anybody, it's a tighter game than it should be. Russell Wilson plays well, and then they make a game-winning drive and win it. Um, oh. My expectations for the Cowboys, I do not believe they will make the playoffs. You, who do you think is going to win the East? Win the East? The uh, Washington the, football the team. East. Cowboys are tied at first with the Washington football team I right guess. now. Everyone else is over. Or as we've been calling them, yeah. Washington FC. Fortune, okay, okay, they might make the playoffs by default then and get a first-round loss really make you feel great won't it but um yeah definitely then the eight seed and that's did they no they didn't mix up did they mix it's up six. the playoffs it's seven it's seven, seven. it's seven yeah, this year. sorry sorry didn't they change it yeah it, the cowboys will be guaranteed to get four because they're a division winner yeah. oh I so they'll so they'll play whichever nfc west team finishes second in the division and get crushed that's it okay so looking ahead at the cowboys schedule look who you got you've got browns l Oh, whoa, 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 all right. This goes out for Anthony Lant, who's listening, uh, if he's listening. So, first, Yankees just beat the Indians. Sorry, Anthony, we're going to do it to you again. Cowboys going to beat the Browns. No. I don't think you can say Baker's no. going to go into Jerry World and beat the Cowboys. I, I think that game's a lot. I don't think you can see Baker Mayfield leading the Browns, the, the struggling Browns, into Dallas right now. Okay, they're, they'll beat the Giants. Cardinals, That's going to be a L. great game. That's going to be a great game. Cardinals, L. They'll beat the Washington football team. They'll beat Philly. Steelers, L. Great Vikings, game. L. No way! They'll beat the Washington football team again. Ravens, L. They'll beat the Bengals. 49ers, L. They'll beat the Eagles. 8-8. Eight eight. They're going to go 8-8. Yeah. Eight eight. So, all right, let's talk about some of these games. I don't think, you know, I might assume they're going to get L. I like to see Kyler and Dak go with, you see, D-Hop and Amari Cooper and the Cowboys trio. I think that they're going to be solid games. I, I can't say for, like, obviously I'd like that they could win, but I can't say for sure if you can see the Cowboys being the Cardinals, but can you say the Cardinals can be the Cowboys? The Cardinals just Absolutely. lost last week. And? That was all. That was atrocious. Kyler Murray played horrible. Yeah, he didn't play great, but he is a second-year quarterback, and you're going to have off games. I, I just, this coming I from know. a team that almost lost to the Falcons? I'm just saying. I, I think if the Cowboys were to lose the Browns, I think we see that maybe they're struggling. Dak might not be the franchise quarterback. But if we see the, them pick up steam, like right now we don't know where they stand. They lost two close games to the Rams, solid NFC team, and the Seahawks. Arguably that everyone sees in the NFC. So I, I they're they're contenders. I don't think they're pretenders. I honestly think the um the Washington football team they can make a they can make a run at it. I mean yeah, they are gonna if, if the Cowboys are as bad as I think they are gonna be, eh, okay, it's still the Washington football team. But they have been playing okay. Semi decent. Okay. So it 
I could see that actually being a tight race. And I mean, it's not out of the question for Philly to get hot either. Keep that in mind. I mean, for some reason, we talked every time the Eagles lose their defensive backs and their wide receivers, Carson Wentz just starts to play really well. So who knows what's going to happen there? But you bring up a good point, Liam. Is Carson Wentz staying in Philly next year? Is he your franchise quarterback? I will yeah. answer. I'll answer that question after the season. But the truth of the matter is, in that division, it's not going to be easy for the Cowboys to garner positive media attention. They'll get media attention. But do you know what is easy? Podcasting with Anchor. All right, let's move on. Just wanted, Before we move on, I want to give a quick shout-out to all my friends at UT. How about those Horned Frogs? Horns down. Take the L. No in-show game today. We've got MLB playoffs to discuss. Let's start with the Minnesota Twins. All the numbers were in their favor. They were at their home field. But it didn't mean jack. They scored a grand total of two, yes, two runs on a fairly mediocre Astros pitching staff. And the much maligned Astros offense barely had to do anything to push them to the ALDS against the Oakland A's. Boys, just how awful beyond awful is this for the Twins? It's bad. It's bad. It's scary. You look, they haven't won a playoff series in the last two years. They played the Yankees in the wild card, Yankees once again, and they just... Is it the playoffs that's the problem for the Twins, or is it just there's like I don't think they're a playoff team right now. They they in the regular season they have a great offense, they can hit home runs, they record numbers last year, but they, yet they just can't win a playoff series, and that just does not look good. The thing about it is they this is before their current core of Kepler, Rosario, Buxton, Cruz, but you know the Twins. Even before this core, they had lost they've lost eighteen consecutive postseason games as a franchise. That dates back to. When they had Joe Maurer, that's just... Joe Maurer. Yeah, throwback, am I right? So that being said, the Minnesota Twins are in danger of heading down the Toronto Raptors path, where they just year after year cannot win in the playoffs. Maybe they'll break through eventually like Toronto did. Maybe they'll, I don't know, trade for an all-star like the Raptors did with Kawhi Leonard. But right now, the outlook on the Twins is not good. Do we think it's their pitching style? Like, do they, are they one solid pitcher away? Are they one, you know, Garrett I mean, Cole, they pitched well. Like they, I mean, Maeda and Barrios both pitched well in the postseason. I don't necessarily think that's the problem. But how, like, what, what is it? Is it just they're just not good? They're not good in the playoffs? Because they have veteran players. It's not like these guys are all rookies. It's not like these are young guys. It's not the Marlins. These are some veteran players. And They've yeah, been in the league for and years. Like I, like I said, it's like the Raptors. I mean, that they, they were a veteran team even before they acquired Kawhi Leonard. And they just couldn't win the playoffs year after year. Yeah, I. It just it's tough to see. You, you don't want to see a team just ha- just struggle every year in the postseason. You want to see teams have success and may, at least have be able to play in a solid game. Like you don't want to see these Twins just struggle every year. It's really disappointing to see that. And yeah, because they're a good team. They're fun to watch. The Bomber Squad, as they they call them. All I can say about that series is go A's. The Braves' offense was a subject of conversation going into the postseason, but the pitching was not. They are now. In their 13-inning game one, Freeman's RBI single in the bottom of the 13th was all they needed in a 1-0 victory. And in game two, behind six shutout innings from rookie Ian Anderson, Atlanta cruised to a 5-0 victory en route to a two-game sweep of the nightmare offense in Cincinnati. Guys, how big of a threat are the Braves now? Sort of somewhat. When you look at the Atlanta Braves, they have a very 
they have a very good team. They're, they're young, they're fun to watch, and they've got the veteran leadership they need with guys like Freeman and Freed, but at the same time, they're not the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Los Angeles Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Interesting take. We'll get to that later. But I I was watching um, the Braves game one, Trevor Bauer pitching. I had a split screen during my class. And let me say, Trevor Bauer is your NL Cy Young. I, I think right now, is that fair to say that Trevor Bauer could be your NL Cy Young? I, Absolutely. I, I Absolutely. Think That's fair. Th- there isn't a number one, just because the, the length of the season, there isn't a number one consensus yet. But I think if you look at Trevor Bauer, he's definitely in that conversation. And the Braves just couldn't touch him. I, I, I think... You see when they get to the bullpen, like Freeman, Camden, Clutch, but I don't think the Braves are there yet. They didn't – that 5-0 victory, they put up three or four runs in the eighth inning. It wasn't – it was not – it was a one nothing game going into the eighth. It was not like a blowout until the end when you kind of get to the depths of Cincinnati's bullpens. I think Atlanta just is not going to be able to move on. I, I think they're going to run into issues moving forward. And if they do happen to get to the Dodgers, because they have the Marlins right now, correct? Uh, yeah, the Braves are the Marlins right now. So that'll be an interesting series. But I think if they happen to get the Dodgers, <laughs> no one's being the Dodgers except for someone from the AL potentially. By the way, that's an interesting thing. You're talking about the Marlins. They haven't lost the postseason series in their franchise career. Not saying that that trend will continue, but it is interesting to think about, especially this year of all years. We see 21 different rookies have played for the Marlins this season so far. Really? I'm not. I, it was where, did you, where did you see that stat? Uh, ESPN. <laughs> Some in, some Instagram page probably. We're excited, ESPN. <laughs> Regardless, I know they haven't lost a playoff series in their franchise <laughs> history. I don't think that's gonna matter. Small franchise. I think this series is gonna be it's gonna go five, but I got Braves in five. Okay. Yeah. And your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, I agree with Riley. Braves in five. All right. Well, I know one thing. I was talking to my grandfather actually right before we started recording this. Still an Atlanta Braves fan, was a Boston Braves fan, and he's smiling in Cape Cod right now. Was he? That's actually interesting. He was. Boys, one of the more talked about phenomenons in baseball lately has been postseason Kershaw. Historically, Clayton Kershaw has not been his normal self in the postseason, and he was anything but a year ago. However, in Game 2 of their wildcard series against Milwaukee, Kershaw was on top of it, doing 8 shutout innings with 13 strikeouts. Guys, are you confident Kershaw can keep this going throughout the postseason? Not yet. Kershaw historically struggled. I know he did it. Eight innings, 13 strikeouts, unbelievable stats. He looked great. Playoff condition. But you look at you look at Milwaukee. Christian Yelich was just atrocious that series. Some of the, the best hitters for Milwaukee were just not there. So Kershaw was playing against Playing Kershaw. Lineup. Christian Yelich has been atrocious the whole year. But the series alone, it was even worse numbers this whole year. I think it was off year, but even in the series alone, you see you guys kind of stepping up. I think Kershaw normally is pretty good in the DS and CS. It's in the World Series where Kershaw gets lit up every year after year. Yeah. Remember that Red Sox series. Kershaw did not look good. Yeah, I mean, four innings, five earned runs in game one, then seven innings, four earned runs in the clincher. And, you know, the thing about Kershaw in the posting is that over the past few years, when the Dodgers make a deep run, he's always had that one playoff start. In 2017, it was Game 1 of the World Series, which was actually in L.A., unfortunately. It would have been great to see it done in Houston. And then in 2018, I think it was... He had one NLDS start and one NLCS start, in which he was lights out. But every other time, he was... He was no good. He was no good! And that being said, if I need to see Clayton Kershaw shut down the Slam Diego Padres in Game 1... 
or whenever he's pitching, it might be Bueller in game one, to prove to me that he is up to the task this postseason. He hasn't shown it in the past. Hopefully he will now. Well, if he can sustain it, he is a scary prospect. It, it'll be interesting. Like if, if Kershaw's there, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough that's gonna be tough to go through. But now we get to my Yankees. Game one, Shane Bieber, potentially AL Cy Young candidate. Looks like he's a triple A pitcher. Seven earned and four and two thirds. We won that game, twelve and three. And then game two, down one, ending the ninth, but thanks to Brad Hands fielding and a clutch hit from MVP candidate DJ LeMahieu, we pulled the game out 10-9, eliminating Liam's prediction of the Indians to the World Series. How about them Yankees, guys? Anthony Alon, I'm sorry <laughs> I made that prediction uh, live on this show. I know I look bad. But talking about the Yankees, let's take a look at who they got next. Who they have next, Riley? The Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays. Let's take a look at the uh, Yankees' uh, stats against the, the Rays this year, shall we? This is gonna. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Shall. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun. This in, is gonna be fun. In the meantime, though, Riley, who do you think is the best hitter on the Yankees? Power or consistent hitter? Just best quality hitter. Who do you DJ want to see? I agree. Oh, that'll be DJ Oh, changing your take. That's not a true. A week ago, Riley said Aaron Judge was no. the best hitter. <laughs> no, I said no. it was DJ LeMay. DJ LeMay, batting yeah. title, hit three point two or something around then the regular season. He oh is... and one, one and one, one and two, one and three. Sorry, I got you. One and five, one and six, actually. Pardon Garrett me. Garrett Cole that one game, which is very important. Anyways, Dito Mayhew, as Didi Gurren's nicknamed him last year, is the machine. He's on a contract this year. It is imperative the Yankees resign him because he's a, a great leadoff hitter. We see earlier in the season, uh, the Yankees were playing the Red Sox, and Aaron Judge had hit five home runs in five straight games. Dito Mayhew, and for those. Three of them came off two out hits. DJ LeMahieu extended the inning. He provides value in more than just hits. He keeps innings going, and he gets on base and allows them to score runs. His whip is just... That's not a thing. <laughs> that's, not a thing. <laughs> that's a pitching statistic. <laughs> it's... Slug? No, he... DJ LeMahieu, in general, he is MVP candidate, batting champ. He is the Yankees MVP, no doubt. He is the love, reason that they I would love are... To see, I would love to see him leave New York. I would love to see him how, leave New York. How can they pay... I mean, I know how, because they're the Yankees. They have a payroll. It, but, like, how much... How big... How over the cap are they if they give... Well, Tom, another but the... Enormous you know, you know, you know, this actually brings up an interesting point, because, you know, we, the Red Sox were in a similar situation, because we had Hanley Ramirez, Pablo Sandoval. Don't get me started on Ruznick Castillo, <laughs> and I love him to death, but... In, very, very injured Dustin Pedroia, too. So, talking about the series between the Rays and the Yankees, the Rays and Yankees played 10 games in the regular season this year. Injuries aside, how many games did the Yankees win, Riley? Against the Rays this year? Yeah, how many games did the Yankees win this year? Before we get to that, also, it was D.D. Mayhew's war was 2.9 this season, wins against replacement, which just shows war, that's, that's what it is. how valuable he's been. But I'll get to that. Yes, the Rays... This year dominated the Yankees. How many games did the Yankees win the Yankees, out of ten? The Yankees was it one? Was it really one? Two. It was two. It was two. It was two. The Yankees, the Rays just were proved just too much. The Yankees this year It was really strange. They had their number. The Yankees did not play well. But that being said, are you concerned? No. Oh, um, here we go. Here's what I I just like right now their bats. I like their bats have warmed up. I the the season was rough. I I didn't, bats I, didn't like, I didn't like down. I didn't I didn't like watching strikeout. Kings. All right, the Yankees started out hottest team in baseball for the first three weeks. Aaron Judge, Lemayhew, Torres, 
Sanchez, Gio, big name guys, all a DL. They go 5-15. Then they win their next 10 straight. Oh, it's cute that you think Sanchez and Gio are big names. Who had a grand slam for the Yankees ahead in game two? Okay, Gio. it's one hit. Who, who made a double play? No, Gio is a big name. Gio's defensive and power. Gary Sanchez, we don't need to discuss him. I would not Yan- even consider Yankees Gio a top five Yankees. third baseman in the, the MLB. Who was the Red Sox guy in Yankees. the 2018 World Series? Is he a big name to you? Uh, Devers? Pierce? No, Pierce. Yankees fans, no, everywhere, no. He had a bunch of big Gary names. Gary Sanchez can't catch a ball Giant on the plate. It's very frustrating. What is his name? Eovaldi? No, not Eovaldi. Pierce. He like. Yeah, Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce. Giant name to Riley Wall. Looks like a Red Sox fan living the past, folks. In the World Series. Big name. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> how much? <laughs> Yankees fans, Yankees going into the series have Garrett Cole coming off in stellar performance. Seven innings. 13 strikeouts. Like, you don't get much better than that. He, he looked in mid condition. And the interesting thing is, he's been pitching his, for the last five starts now. He's a sub-1 ERA. Kyle Agashioka has been catching him. Gary Sanders on the bench. We'll see if Aaron Boone keeps that going. Uh-huh, but you mentioned Colt. Last year, he came into the World Series super hot, including having shut out your precious Yankees for seven innings when he was the still reason, with the Astros. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then, he gave Astros. up five or runs in five innings to the Washington Nationals. Alright, that's fine. The Astros cheated. We don't need to talk about Astros. They're they won two games at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Their pitching won that series. Their hitting did not win the 2019 ALCS for them. But, I mean, uh, he was wearing a wire. Yeah. Cole? No. No. Altuve. Altuve, Altuve yeah. Altuve. I, I think Blake Snell, Garrett Cole's we, we, that's a question, Nellian. Is game one Cole and Snell, or is it going to be their game three starters? Because Jay Hatt for the Yankees, I don't know who the game three starter is. The Rays have not pitched in this in this playoff yet. I mean, because you, you've got it? Snell and Glass now for the Rays. Oh, wait, no. Charlie Morton, too. So who do you go to? And you gotta, Yeah, who do you go to first? Do you start your, your game one, your traditional game one starter, or do you treat it as if it's a normal rotation? So, so yeah. I'd go Snell game one, Morton game two, Glass Snell game three. Where does Cole go? Does, do you start Cole start Cole starts game one. Cole starts game one. So you think you have Cole? Cole is starting game one. The Yankees have confirmed they, that. Okay, so it's Cole, and then you're guessing Tanaka and Hap. Hap, that makes almost two weeks. What about what, about what about Big Maple, James Paxton? He's out. For the, on the, he's on the deal. The oh, well, that helps you guys because he was terrible this year. Yeah, that was a rough trade. Getting out just just Sheffield for that. Oh yeah, what do you think? That was tough. I. But, we'll see how the Yankees do. Um, moving forward, I think yeah. the Yankees Rays are gonna be a great playoff matchup. Winner, winner of this game, I, I think the winner of this series, just as like that Yankees Red Sox in 2018, winner is going to go to the World Series. I agree. I agree. I, I think that's a fair take because coming out of it the, lose the, in the World coming Series. Coming out of the other side. And lose in the World Series. I don't yeah. think the Astros can beat the A's, and I don't think the A's can beat the Yankees of the Rays. I, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. 44 years ago today, October 3rd. Legendary outfielder Hank Aaron made his final plate appearance, and it was an RBI single. We've referenced Hank several times on the show, and as you all know, despite Bonds holding the record, I consider him the true home run king. Run king. Riley, you may consider it to be Babe Ruth, but no one will ever change my mind about Hank it being Aaron. Hank Aaron. I actually agree with that, Liam. I don't think Barry Bonds should. I don't like what's in his past. I... Aaron. What? Barry Hank, Bonds is Hank the Aaron. best hitter of all time. It was steroids, correct. Yeah, it was steroids. Yeah. Anyone was on steroids. It doesn't matter. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. Steroids weren't a thing in the 50s okay, and 60s. Okay, but everyone in Barry Bonds' era were on yes, steroids. So he was still just better than everyone. I think, in okay. general consensus, Lee, I agree. Hank Aaron, one of 
the best home run power hitters of all time. 70 years ago, Monday, October 5th, Celtics owner Walt Brown and coach Red Arbach, Arbach <laughs> drew picks out of a hat to absorb members of the disbanded Chicago Stags, and they got stuck with Bob Cousy. It looked bad at the time, but Cousy would end up being an extremely instrumental piece to the first six Celtic championship teams. Oh, it's me. Eight years ago, Wednesday, October 7th, Drew Brees made NFL history, breaking Johnny Unitas' long-standing record of most consecutive games with a touchdown pass with 48 games. Brees would extend that record to 54, which still stands today. Wow, eight years ago. Jeez, see what goes yesterday, I'll be honest. I remember watching that game. That was crazy. Yeah, Sunday, wasn't Sunday it? Night football. Oh, it was a Sunday night game? Yeah. And that's, that was his second time when he broke it with 54. That came on Sunday night. But 59 years ago today... Or 59, sorry, but 59 years ago, Friday, October 9th, Yankees legend Whitey Ford broke a rookie record, throwing 29 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings across multiple World Series. Yankees won that game and the series, giving us our 19th World Series championship. Oh, interesting. Jason, isn't it interesting how 19 of them came over 40 years before we were born? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean, Riley really likes to brag about his 27 titles. When Have you won a, one title within the past 20 years? Yes. So I mean, J- J- Jason, 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 we can't oh, say that. The Celtics have only won one in our, last <laughs> one, in our lifetime. Okay, that's, that's classic fair. Celtics, but... Classic uh, Sox fans liking to bring oh. up. The Yankees haven't done it recently, but 27, that's still impressive. And we're looking to add to that more here. Not no chance. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for who you got. We'll start with this. Sunday night football tomorrow night. The injury-plagued 49ers host the extremely disappointing Eagles. Guys, who you got in this one? It's awful last week's Sunday night football game. I... Hopefully, we can watch the finals instead. But I'm gonna have to say the Niners. They, even without Jimmy, they look just as fine. I think the Eagles are really struggling this year and need to start rebuilding. So I, I got the 49ers. Eagles pull off an upset. Really? Yeah, Carson Wentz gets hot. Interesting. I disagree. I've got the 49ers, but I mean, there's always a chance, Jason. There is, and the 49ers are still extremely banged up. So lost McKinnon too now. Yeah. Who is their Who's their running back right now? Actually, is it Is it Coleman? Is that their only guy? They're a committee team. Yeah, that, concerns there. Or, the or is, Mo, is Mostert healthy? Oh, oh, Debo Samuel is coming back. I oh, he that. is. Actually, I changed my take. Debo three TDs. Forty <laughs> <laughs> ers win it all. All right, all right. Not next, Forty ers win it all. No, Forty ers win. So next, my night football. My night football. Choke artist Falcons got a Lambo to face Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Any chance of an upset? Can the Falcons pull it off? I do not believe the Falcons will pull it off. I don't even think they'll get a lead in this one, or at least a big one. Well, there's a chance the Falcons will pull it off, but then again, I also have a chance to run a sub-five-minute mile, and I'm not in A-plus shape like I used to be. So I can run a sub-five-mile. Right All now? Right, so right I, now! I think, <laughs> I think that... Uh, unfortunately, my friends, uh, Packers, I got a couple of Packers fans at home. They've haunted me. They are going to go in to St. Lambeau and go to 4 0. I'm going to agree with you guys. I got the Packers. I mean, Riley, one thing we got to mention you're lucky the Cowboys don't face the Packers got this a, year. I got a question on the topic of the Packers, real quick. Are they top team in the NFC? Are they a contender for the title right now? Right now, yes. Can they go, think they can beat the Seahawks? Um, answer that question in a few weeks. I'm not sure yet. Come on, Liam. Make some early right, predictions Jason, for once. Yeah. All right, last one. Game three. 
Who wins? Heat, Lakers? Lakers. Especially, I mean, Adebayo. Bam, Bam and is coming back, I believe. He's not going to be 100%, though. They're just going to go right at Bam. I think it's going to be Lakers. Whoever, whoever's Bam guarding, give him the ball. Give him the ball. Just throw it out. So see if he can actually I, stick with him. Wait, that's, come on. I don't care. Who's, who's going to guard AD? What? You just said whoever Bam's guarding. Yes. Okay, but I, I'm just saying, I, I think you attack Bam and then just feed AD and like, Lakers. Yes, AD is Zach, the Zach player, Dito's so Lakers are going to yeah, up exactly. 3-0. Sorry, like, my roommate you're Dom. You're telling me, oh, Dwight he, Bam. Give it to Dwight. Right. We don't want first <laughs> team all defense Bam guarding Dwight Howard. Oh, well, no. folks, that's it for today. I'm Ryan Wall. Liam, I thank you so much for having me on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Liam. I had a great time. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Riley and Jason for being my guests today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Court Press Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me directly. Please, please, please stay healthy, wash your hands, be safe, and be positive. And we'll see you next week.